This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, it is. Welcome into the show along with Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, Julio Sanchez. How about that? We got Sweeney, Swanson, Sanchez, and the sports machine on a Thursday (laughs) evening here on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio, guys. Chiefs, actual football, sort of. We're less than a week away. Real football, we're less than an hour away. The Hall of Fame game set to kick off from Canton. The Ravens and the Bears. Before we get into the Chiefs, because we got a lot of stuff to talk about, would we all three agree that the Chiefs are going to win more games than both of these teams this season? The Ravens and the Bears. Ooh. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty confident saying yes. I mean, listen. Matt Nagy. Come on, Pete. Former Andy Reid assistant. Get out of here, dude. They're over under six and a half. They're not winning five games this year. Maybe the Ravens do. I think you're safe to say the Chiefs are better than those two teams, yeah. If the Chiefs are going to win eight, nine, dream with me here, 10, 11 games this season, obviously a lot is going to come down to the quarterback, which basically has been Teflon Don. From the time the Chiefs drafted him, he was great in college. He's been great behind the microphone. He was great against the Broncos. He's been great in preseason, except what we saw yesterday and the couple of days before. It isn't just a lead story here, but it was the lead story on ESPN.com, Pete. Apparently, Patrick Mahomes is not perfect. No, he's been throwing a lot more interceptions than you'd probably like to this point in camp. And you can make the headline whatever you want it to. I am not worried about it yet, but let's go to the sound. Here was Patrick Mahomes talking about the pick problem. Yeah, I mean, that was that was on me. I, I easily could have ran it in. We were in a live period, and... Uh, I kind of didn't want to hear the defense talking trash to me for running in and because they can't tackle me. And so I threw the ball, but, I mean, you just got to re- play your game. Play play the game how it's supposed to be played. Don't try to force something in because they can't tackle you. And it's just something I just have to learn from. And, and hopefully in the game I just run it in pretty easy. Do you feel like you would have done that if this been a – Yeah, and I, that's the first thing I said when I came to the sidelines. I would have just I would have just ran it in. But uh, they, they said that we'll then do it. Don't, don't train bad habits. And so for me, I just got to keep working on just – just running in, knowing they can't they can't really tackle me, but at the same time, that was the play that needed to be made on that one. You had a couple other picks today. Are you, are you correcting the mistakes you're making on some of these, do you feel like? Yeah, the one play, I, I the play was messed up because I called the play bad in the huddle, and so I called the wrong play. We did, what, didn't run the right routes because I called the wrong play, and then I made the play worse. And so for me, I, just being able to get in and out of the huddle, call the right plays, and then not making a bad play worse, uh, something that i got to keep getting better at. And then... The other interception was on the offside, so I was just trying to throw the ball and not take a sack on the offsides. And so we, we, we were able to get, move, move the chains and get a touchdown on that drive. I was on Fesco in the morning talking about this earlier today. Should you be worried about the Patrick Mahomes picks? And the answer is no. Andy Reid said at the beginning of camp, we're going to be letting him loose. We're going to see what works, what doesn't. What you're seeing out in the open is the laboratory. Normally, you don't get to see inside the laboratory. We do at training camp. And guess what? When you're trying things out, you may burn the place down sometimes. And my concern is that we're talking about essentially a first-year guy. I know that he's not a rookie. This is his second season, but we're talking about his first full chance as a starting quarterback in the NFL. What do pitchers do in spring training all the time? They try new stuff. They try out a new pitch. They try out the curveball, and they end up with a a 7.5 ERA because it doesn't really count. If this was a veteran, Kent, if we were talking about Alex Smith last year throwing picks, I'd say whatever. He must be trying something new. Maybe he's this is the new risk-taking Alex Smith. The fact that we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and a guy that hasn't had any NFL success so far is what scares me. 
I, I'm 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 still not scared. <laughs> um, the the reality of it is all the stuff that's getting thrown out there right now that is visible to the public that is not um, behind closed doors that we're all it's all accessible. Half the stuff that we are watching them play right now is not going to wind up on the call sheet in week one. So the reason that they're doing all this stuff is to try to eliminate some of the concepts and ideas and the things that are not working the way that they want them to. So yes, there's going to be failure. There's going to be plays that don't work. And those plays likely are getting eliminated from the call sheet week one. No question. But Pete, if he recognized talking about Patrick Mahomes that one on one of the interceptions that he should have ran the ball in and on another, he actually called the wrong play in the huddle. Now we're not talking about physical things. We're talking about mental type of mistakes that rookie quarterbacks, first-year quarterbacks often make. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what he is. I understand he's the prince of Kansas City right now, but he's still a first-year quarterback. And you have to remember that even if he becomes what everyone wants him to be, he's got to get through this first so everyone just chill a little bit. How much running do we want to see out of Patrick Mahomes this year? Let's say that situation actually comes up. Was he a guy that was a multi, you know, that he could do all these things as a quarterback in college that he could run the football? Yeah, but he's basically a guy that stands in the pocket and throws the football. If necessary, he can get outside. He's definitely more athletic than his numbers indicated in college because in college he didn't really have to do that. He had such a cannon for an arm. Now it's the NFL. The last thing that we want to see as Chiefs fans is this guy get hurt. So how 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 worth is the risk for him to put the ball under under his under his gut and run? I think it's just a matter of protecting yourself. I mean, take the opportunities that present themselves. Um, you know, uh, teams like to run a lot of two man coverage. There's going to be opportunities to run against two man coverage. That's one of the places that the the quarterback is a is a productive runner as long as he's protecting himself he's he's managing getting uh, taking those big hits I'm not stressed about it now if he starts putting himself in harm's way which he actually did a couple times in that week 17 game uh, that's when that's when the issue comes up and that's I mean that's ultimately what happened with Carson Wentz he, he didn't protect himself so Kent level of concern sounds very low Pete you don't sound all that concerned look at it kind of like a pitcher in spring training what about the head coach he's the guy that we really want to hear from he's the guy that's opinion matters the most What's Andy's level of concern from what he's seen? Andy Reid read the headlines this morning like everyone else in Kansas City. He's been doing a great job. You know, I know people wrote about the interceptions. I, I, I told you at the beginning, Cam, I don't care about all that stuff. I want him to test the offense. It's so important. It's so important that we give him a ton of plays. I want him testing it. If you, if you don't have the intestinal fortitude to go test it, you're going to be one of these quarterbacks that checks it down every time. And that's uh. not what it's all about. So the, the great thing about Pat is he never makes the same mistake twice. It doesn't happen. He sees everything. He knows it. When he does make a mistake, he comes back and he can talk to you about it. And so he's done nothing but get better and better as we go. And he's got a load on him here. So and he's responding exactly like you'd like. Yeah, very much so. Andy, you were so close to getting Pat out of it. And then you started digging the hole again. You can't say the word check down. You just can't in that situation. Do you think that that was more honest Andy or Andy protecting his quarterback, knowing that this is probably the very beginning of at some point this guy's going to start to screw up? You know, I, I, I don't take too much stock in what Andy said as far as any level of, of attack on on Pat Mahomes or Alex Smith. I mean, I know... You every, just can't say check down. Everybody... And how do they, I, it was not. It was not... That's the thing. It's going to be this thing where did he take a shot at Alex Smith? There's no way. He just said check down and he shouldn't have. Right. And, I, you know... One of the things that like that came up to me immediately when I saw that quote was one thing that Andy said probably a year ago a year ago where he said I wish I had Alex Smith earlier in his career 
So maybe maybe it was, maybe it was actually kind of a a a hint at his actual feelings, but maybe not the external. But I still don't think it was a shot. Does that make sense? It does. I think maybe Andy Reid thinks a little bit too highly of his own quarterback guru ness. If he wanted Alex, remember Alex Smith <laughs> early in his career was terrible. His wife Tammy probably would have been like, Andy, you're projecting right now. You're projecting your feelings. Pete always projecting, along with Ken Swanson, Julio Sanchez, Sanchez Swanson, Sweeney, and the sports machine here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Nobody wants to talk about it, Pete, but it matters. It's all about Patrick Mahomes. It's all about the new toy, Sammy Watkins. Can Tyreek Hill progress into Antonio Brown? By the way, the answer is no. I looked at Antonio Brown's stats. They are Madden-esque. He, his third season, he had 1,700 yards followed by 1,800, followed by 1,500, and then two 1,300-yard seasons. I think it's a little bit too soon to call him that. Let me hit you with this. Uh-huh. ATD, agree to disagree. Um, No, I won't, actually. <laughs> I just, I, I'm sticking by my guns with this think, one. If, if, you, if you disagree, you're wrong. I've been saying I think Tyreek Hill is going to threaten to be in the top five this year, and I have seen nothing in training camp to prove me otherwise yet especially given the fact that it, you look at all these receivers that the Chiefs have, I would say the best um, communication and the, and the best chemistry with Patrick Mahomes belongs to Tyreek Hill based upon what I've seen. So far. All I was saying is if we're comparing him to the best, and Jerry Rice I think is secure as going down as the best wide receiver of all time, even when Antonio Brown retires, although he might be second, Ken. We're talking about a guy that stats are absolutely ridiculous. When it comes to other wide receivers, guys that we think of the last few years, Julio Jones and uh, uh, A.J. Green, those type of cats, man, I'm not sure if they are. this might be the year that they hit the wall and fall off. So to say that Tyree Kill is that next up-and-comer that he's top five, I'm comfortable with that. Saying that he's in the same conversation with Antonio Brown, I think is crazy. I'm not ready to say that yet. I do think that that Tyreek Hill will be the beneficiary of of significant volume and some of the uh, beneficiary of some of the screen stuff that they typically do just because where Tyreek Hill will be lining up. He'll be lining up to the same side as Kelsey most of the time. Watkins backside um, and I, I do think you know there's going to be some big play opportunities over the top to him he's in a great position where he's typically lining up to run a lot of those vertical shots which we've seen the first week here but he's also going to be the beneficiary of some of that screen game stuff that they're going to do as well so I, I do think he's going to have a very productive season I don't know if it's Antonio Brown level yet though. how much of this even matters though if the offensive line doesn't stay healthy because Pete Eric Fisher and Cam Irving both left practice early yeah and I, I thought it was interesting who came in after that left tackle Mitch Schwartz slid over from right tackle to play left. Left guard, Brian Witzman. Uh, center, Mitch Morris. Right guard, LDT. They stayed in their positions. And your right tackle today was... That's MD LDT to you, by the way, sir. Cor- correct. And then your right tackle was Andrew Wiley. And I think it said Who? a lot... Come again? I think it said a lot of what the Chiefs may think of Parker Anger, because I would have thought the Parker Anger would have slid right in there. Ryan Hunter, who I thought may be an outside chance to win this left guard job, has been nowhere to be seen. So I think Parker Anger may have slid down a little bit in their mind. But these two guys, I mean, I never thought the Chiefs would be in this amount of trouble if they didn't have Cam Irving at left guard. But I'm starting to feel that way. And you cannot lose Eric Fisher because you need Mitch on the right side. The only time, it's kind of like an umpire in baseball. The only time you bring up his name is when he screws up. The only time you want to talk about an offensive line, Kent, is either if they're really, really good, like the Willie Rofe and, and John Tatum. See if I can do the whole thing. And Brian Waters and, and Will Shields. Who am I forgetting? One guy. Uh, did you say John Tate? Yeah, I said John Tate. Uh, we'll figure it out during a commercial break. But my point is, when you've got an all-time great offensive line, you talk about it. When you've got an awful offensive line, you mention it. I think the Chiefs are somewhere in between, which is just fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that they are a remarkably strong unit. I think there's a lot to like about the unit as a whole. 
Um, but they they can't afford the injuries that they're experiencing right now. And if 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 uh, if they go down, they're they're going to be in trouble. If this is the offensive line, Schwartz, Whitman, Morse, LDT, and Wiley. You got to be worried about Mahomes, and the right. quarterback position for this team is very shallow. Like shallow, it, you you can't lose Mahomes. It, that's a non-option if you want to make the playoffs or do anything this year. It's a worry. I, I want to see what what the training staff ends up saying about Fisher and Irving. Uh, Chiefs are off tomorrow. We'll find out more on Saturday. What do you think the level of concern is though from the coaching staff? Because they're the ones that matter. You move your way up the brass. You talk about Brett Veach. You talk about the ownership. They put a lot into this quarterback position. You don't go out there and get a quarterback, or you don't get out there and buy a Cadillac but not have any insurance. So now that you've got the Cadillac, is the offensive line good enough insurance at least to keep this guy up? They spent money on other positions. Like, if you didn't go get get a Sammy Watkins, you could have boosted that. Then why don't you do something in free agency? Because there's still guys out there, and if the offensive line is patchwork as you're making it, spend your $8 million you got, right? They're up against the the cap. I think there's a big misconception with the the amount of cap room the Chiefs have because they they have $8 bucks, and, and you can read that online, but... The incentives come into it. They can't go above their incentives. Like when you're doing the cap, you have to assume that all the incentives we don't even really know about will hit. So they may only have about two or three million. So just, that's why, you know, even moving on to the Breland thing, I, that's why I don't necessarily see Breland, even though he was with the Chiefs just last week. Is this goodbye, my lover? I can't see him ending up with this team. The ship has sailed for Brashad Breland already? To greener pastures of Cleveland, Freeland went. That's not a greener pasture. <laughs> it's a pasture. They got more money, and that's the, sim- the simple truth. And, and he was right in our grasp, and I just hope he's not the cornerback that, this depresses me. that got away. This really does. This reminds me of parents' minivan in the 80s. I just, I, don't I just hope he's not the quarterback or the cornerback we look years from now and say, this is the one that got away. He's not. They definitely needed to fill that position somewhere, but can't. I mean... Breland's a pretty average player. You know what? This is, uh, this is a little bit of a hot take. Uh-oh. I don't know that they need Brashad Breland. I'm not sure they even need him. I What I've seen so far from their three corners, I think there's enough there. Who are these guys you're so high you, on? By you are going to be getting all of Kansas City juice stuff right now. I know. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of terrified. Maybe I should, like, you should turn my mic off, Julio. I don't know. Um, David Emerson doesn't look that bad. Looks great. For a third corner, I think you know you've got. I think we know what you you have in Kendall Fuller. I think he's going to have an excellent season. I Stephen Nelson's had the most interceptions of anybody this entire training camp. Is that correct? Hang on, hang on. Hang on. We, we can't play both sides of the fence. What? If we're going to pretend like Pat's interceptions that's, don't matter, we can't say that the secondary's playing great because they're having so many picks. That's that's relatively fair, but he's still in the right spot to make those plays a lot. And I we. The same with the same with the same with uh, with Amerson. I think he's done a lot and he's shown some good stuff this so far in the in training camp. Before you start playing other teams in this league in the preseason, it's all gravy. I mean, that's the thing you got to remember about training camp too. You're you're mainly positive, and so yeah, picks are going to happen, and you're happy about that for the defense. You're saying it's not really a ton to worry about. It's just the, it's just the preseason, just training camp for the offense. So you're still in this this area where everything's good news for the most part. But I will say, I think there's something to your point. The cornerbacks, to me, have looked way better than I thought they would. Amerson in particular. I was not high on Amerson. All summer we've had this show, and I've talked about the worry about Amerson. But he has looked pretty good. I mean, and he said something to me the other day that really stuck with me. He said, if I can stay with Tyreek, and he's been doing a pretty decent job at it, then I could stay with anyone in this league. That's true. And it's true. And so 
you're facing, if you're one of these cornerbacks, some of the best players in this league. If you can run with them, you should be good in the regular season. So all those guys you just brought up, right, that you're kind of falling in love with, is Amerson and guys like this. Who has more picks? I'll give you all of those guys total or what Marcus Peters has for the Rams this season. Give me the higher number. I'll say uh, I'll say that Kendall Fuller has the most picks on the Chiefs. He has uh, four in his career. Yeah. Just I, throwing it out there. I think, well, I don't, I don't know if Steven Nelson has one in his career, does he? I'm not even sure he has one. First one will be his next one. But which has been encouraging. And that's partially why it's been encouraging so far. Uh, I'd say Kendall Fuller winds up having the most picks on this Chiefs roster. Uh, those three combined having more than Marcus Peters. Uh, it's going to be close. I don't know that Peters <laughs> gets thrown at a lot with that secondary the Rams have. Confirmed. You can look through the number of interceptions that Steve Nelson has. As far as Marcus Peters, I'm just wondering how many how many interceptions he's going to have alone in the Monday night football game against the Chiefs because you know he's going to be running directly for the ball. It doesn't matter who he's guarding. He's going to go on guard the other guy just so he can try to pick this ball off. We're going to talk some more defense coming up on the other side with our defensive draft analyst from Arrowhead Pride, Craig Stout, along with the beer of the week. Before we get to that, tell me real quick, Kent, because that's your defensive takeaway from camp so far. On the other side of the ball, what's caught your eye? Uh, yeah, I was out there uh, last weekend. Um, I a lot of the stuff that I saw as far as like kind of growth benchmarks for Mahomes, I was very encouraged by. Um, he looks a lot more comfortable with his feet. He looks a lot more comfortable in the huddle. Um, he was making a lot of adjustments on the formations and stuff. He was out there actively leading that offense. Um, and then one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting that it's kind of shown his growth is um, they're playing with the cadence a lot. So it's not as much about him just lining up, getting everybody lined up. He's also playing with the cadence. So he's trying to draw guys off sides and stuff like that. And it worked. That just shows me a lot of, of growth and comfortability that he's had within the offense. Um, and then one of the other things with the offense, they've been playing with a lot of tempo. Uh, I saw one of their periods they played with some tempo and um, it's something I think that they should utilize here and there to kind of throw defenses off guard. Um, they could take advantage of a really nice personnel situation. You know, if, if they get a, guy, a team in a bad look, they can just go exploit it down the field without, you know, huddling up and just playing with some tempo. To your point, I asked Mahomes the other day about the brand of football that they want to bring to Kansas City, and he said aggress aggression, aggressive. We want to attack the defense before we get attacked, and so I think you're going to be seeing a lot about that tempo stuff. They're going to want to score, and that's going to be fun, fun to watch, and you just hope the defense holds up. Yeah, I think that they're going to play really fast. I don't expect necessarily a ton of old Jim Kelly, no-huddle-style offense when you're talking about a first-year quarterback in Mahomes. No, I agree, but I think – it may be faster than we were, we were used to seeing last year. Oh, it, for sure. They're going to be more vertical, as vertical as they've been since Dick Vermeil. There's okay. no question about that. I think they play the tempo in spurts. Like, you can't just go out there and play full force, you know, foot on the pedal the entire time. But it's taking advantage of opportunities, maybe one or two series a game, where the defense, you, line, you, you throw your personnel out, the defense brings a, a group out. It, it doesn't, it's not favorable for the defense, and now you're just exploiting them. You're making them either call a timeout or, or live with the consequences. Do you think of that's the, the whole game? What happens when Kansas City takes a big lead? I expect them to in several games, maybe not out the gates. The schedule is pretty damn tough, but at some point they're going to have big leads. Andy's MO, especially here in Kansas City, is get the lead and then sit on the ball. Do you think that's going to change with this offense? I hope not. I hope not. Now I hope they have the confidence to just continue to go after that. Yeah, you expect less pass plays, I believe, in that situation. You'd want to run it down their throats with a Spencer Ware or a Kareem Hunt, but at the same time, Never take your foot off the gas. Why? Well, if you have all this offensive, like, you ever see Bill Belichick take his foot off the gas? People get so mad at him for running the score up. That can happen. That could happen in Kansas City. Yeah. I say step on their neck, especially if you don't know if you can stop anybody. Speaking of, coming up next, we're going to talk some defense with Craig Stout. We'll get you the beer of the week because I want to know on that side of the ball, man, 
do we as fans really have an issue with the defense or is our issue with the defensive coordinator? We'll talk about that next on Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610 Sports Radio. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610 Sports Radio. The NFL season kicks off in 37 minutes. Well, preseason version. Good enough for me. Hall of Fame game, Ravens and Bears. Chiefs get going in less than a week at Arrowhead versus the Houston Texans. We got Pete Sweeney. We got Kent Swanson. We got Julio Sanchez. Sports Machine Sean Levine taking you up until 7 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Coming up about 10 minutes from now, we've got a big announcement when i say big i mean ginormous i mean gigantic (laughs) this is an announcement of epic proportions don't go anywhere that's coming up in about 10 minutes but right now let's get back on the field where the offense is going to be great no matter what happens i suppose unless pat gets hurt but i'm not even going to go there the defensive side of the ball has a lot of questions but pete do you think most people's issue is with the defense or with the defensive coordinator i have just the person to answer that question, and it's the defensive film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. Does a lot of great work on the website. He's also a beer aficionado, Mr. Craig Stout. Craig, how are we doing tonight? Hey, guys, we're doing fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Sean. I think that Kansas City is so hung up in their Bob hate that they're just ignoring how well the defense is performing so far this training camp. Now, it's still practice. Don't get me wrong. I understand that you can't take a whole lot away from this, but I've had people telling me for the past two months how bad this defense was definitively going to be because of the pass rush, the corners, the linebackers, everything like that. And we're seeing guys like David Emerson. We're seeing guys like Justin Houston look healthy. We're seeing David Hitchens running the defense and looking great. Anthony Hitchens, David Hitchens. Sorry about that. Cousin. And every everything's great so far. And you're the one who pointed out to us, Craig, that the defense last year may have cost his team a game or two. People want to point out that Tennessee game. But, man, there's a lot of new faces in new places on that, on that side of the ball. Absolutely. They've replaced the majority of the defense. And depending on the formation they're in, they may have replaced as many as nine guys on that side of the ball. And that's unheard of for a defense. They definitely put it on the personnel. And thus far in training camp, all the reports are that that side of the ball has looked good when pads are on, which is when it matters. Craig, you're a guy who dives into the defensive film, whether it be the draft or during the season. Out of training camp so far, what has excited you the most about the news reports of this team? The number one thing that excites me the most is Justin Houston saying that it feels like he's got two legs again. That's That, to me, should be the biggest news outside of Pat Mahomes coming out of Chiefs camp. That is crucial for the Chiefs to have him back to where he was and be a strong pass rusher again. If Justin Houston is truly that 2014 version, I've been saying this, I think it's the biggest defensive addition that the Chiefs have had this offseason, even given David Anthony Hitchens, as you like to call him, and Kendall Fuller. What about Eric Berry? Did you forget about Eric Berry, Pete? Eric Berry included. I I just want to remind people, in 2014, 
Justin Houston was basically winning football games by himself. What does that 2014 version of Justin Houston do for this defense? Does it make them, maybe, Craig, and I don't want to be crazy here, but doesn't it make them perhaps one of the better defensive units Bob has had? Absolutely. And then you bring up Eric Berry, a healthy Eric Berry. The, you know, the only two times that Bob Sutton hasn't been as good in on the, that side of the ball since he's been in Kansas City were the two seasons that Eric Berry was injured. A healthy Eric Berry makes this defense above average by himself. A 2014 Justin Houston makes it ridiculous. And I know there's so much fretting about the corners and maybe Reggie Ragland's injury, and there are, there are some legitimate question marks about it, but there's a lot of positive that has come out of camp so far that not a whole lot of people are really talking about. It's fun to talk about, guys, but I choose to stay based in reality. Craig, do you expect Justin Houston to look anything like he did when he had 22 and a half sacks in 14? Because I don't. I, I mean, that's, that's almost unsustainable. That's an unheard of NFL season. I don't think there's any way that he can be to that level. But he might be a notch below that level, which is still a top three pass rusher in the NFL. And that's saying something. And any reason to think that Eric Berry won't come back 100% like we've seen him come back multiple times? None. None whatsoever. The guy beat cancer. I'm never doubting him again. Craig, it's all it's been all good news so far. We now, of course, need to get to one of the more important parts of your segment, the beer of the week. What should Kansas Cityans be drinking this week? Well, I know, I'm sure you guys know this, but today is IPA Day in you know, National IPA Day. So I went out and I picked Free State Storm Chaser IPA. Free State Brewing Companies out of Lawrence, Kansas. Seven eight five. What? 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 <laughs> what? Oh, I used to live on Mass Street for years. I'm, I'm very, oh, very, gotcha. very familiar with Free State, my man. Gotcha. Yeah, it's Storm Chaser IPA. It's a citrus IPA, five point seven percent. It's got a little wheat malt, a little bit of grapefruit, a little bit of orange to it, and a little bit of tart to it. Sounds delicious. I'm thirsty right now. Great, great stuff as always, bro. We'll catch up next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I used to basically live in Free State Brewery. I may have tipped one of those back one or two or three or seven. You like <laughs> money, guys? It's a 1,000 on the 30s. Text the code word THEORY, T-H-E-O-R-Y. I can use it in a sentence, all right? Craig Stout has a theory that Justin Houston is going to lead this defense once again. My theory, T-H-E-O-R-Y, is that once you get old in the NFL, you usually don't get young again. Text the word theory to 72881 and you could be the national cash contest winner 610 sports radio is the only sports radio station in kc giving you a chance to win up to 12 grand each weekday just listen on the 30s from 7 to 7 which means your next chance is tomorrow morning at 7 30 on fesco in the morning good sentences by you thank you the only reason that i give justin houston the benefit of the doubt is he's not a guy who likes to talk and when he says something he'll usually mean it and so for him to go out of his way to say I'm 100% now, I have to believe it. That being said, I understand what you're saying. Even if he's 100%, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get 22 sacked, Justin Houston. And, and I'm not saying what I'm just saying, when you sign a $100 million contract, sometimes the incentive isn't necessarily there before you got paid. He was great. Well, he was great the year before. He was good the year after. Then he was injured. And last year when he was healthy, he was really good. I'm just saying, if we're comparing him to 2014, 
bro, that's three plus full seasons ago where there's not quite as much tread on those tires. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of relative to his age. I still think, you know, I think he's closer to his physical abilities. I think the knee is probably healthier if he's going out of his way to say that. And relative to a 29-year-old pass, pass rusher, which he is now, I think you can I think you can be pretty positive and pretty optimistic about what he's going to do if if his health is really up to where it's at. It's not going to be 2014 version of him. Don't yes, get me wrong. Yes, yes or no, and then we move on. Pete, double-digit sacks for Justin Houston this year. Yeah, absolutely. Lock it in. Okay. I, th- I think he's going to be closer to nine. He said he was on one leg last year and got nine and a half. So I'm thinking if you know, maybe he can get to ten. And, you know, horses like that need all of their legs. Uh, speaking of horses, you guys have your own list of dark horse players that you've seen so far at camp. One offensive and one defensive player to watch for now a week and change into camp. Eric Berry, by the way, not a fan of horses. No. Just throwing that out. <laughs> no. Cancer, no cancer, ACL, ruptured kill. No just, horses. Whatever it is, he has. Just keep, keep the keep damn horses away horses. from that guy. Keep that quote off the radio, too. Not allowed to have that one on there. Uh, the offensive dark horse to watch, I think, right now at Chiefs camp, and a lot of people will tell you this, is Demarcus Robinson. I'll tell you a story today. They were doing one-on-ones. I watched this myself. Steve Nelson calls out Robinson. Greg Lewis, the wide receivers coach, is yelling at Nelson. You be careful what you wish for. Robinson beats him, gets not in Nelson's face, but looks at him and spins the football uh, and he's having a good camp, and he's got a good rapport with Patrick Mahomes. I wasn't high on Robinson to begin camp. I'm getting there. He was Andy Reid on DeMarcus today. Yeah, that he can play all three spots, you know, and, and he, the mental mistakes are going away, and and um, he's doing a good job. That's a lot to juggle, and uh, and he's handling it, so, and, and working hard. Early on, I think what you're looking at is a share of the number three position between Conley and Robinson Both players are good, so keep them fresh. Isn't it funny to think that in most years, and when I say most years, I mean every other year of my life as a Chiefs fan, a guy like Demarcus Robinson would be your number two option behind Tyreek Hill? Kent, times have changed. There's an unprecedented amount of talent in the wide receiver room in Kansas City, and you're right. It's for my lifetime, too. I've never seen this much talent. And between Robinson and Conley, I think they're going to have a pretty productive season. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to have the volume other guys are going to have, but I think both on a yards per catch standpoint i think both of them are gonna have pretty solid years and conley probably winds up getting paid somewhere else next year as much as we talk about the players on this team and the overall roster and the talent turnover think about the coaches on the sidelines since andy Reid has been here you can think about you got the bears head coach you got the eagles head coach you got eric b you got you had brad childress and the names keep going i'm sure i didn't mention five or six guys that i should have called out bob sutton's name included not necessarily the last couple of years but to me, Dave Tobe is kind of the glue that holds this whole thing together. Yeah, Dave Tobe, another coach that probably should have a head coaching Absolutely. job at least some point. 25% of the league is either Andy Reid or Andy Reid coaches, which is insane when you think about it. The defensive dark horse to watch is someone Dave Tobe is really high on. I think Kansas City should start to know who this guy is. The Chiefs got him in the sixth round, so you really don't expect this from a sixth rounder. But Tremont Smith, the cornerback, is in line and is looking like he may be your kick returner. Here was Dave Tobe, and listen very closely to what Dave Tobe says about Jermon Smith. Yeah, I mean, he's got great speed. I mean, he's a 4-3 guy, legit. I mean, he's, he's fast. You know, he's not as fast as Tyreek. I mean, that's a whole other level, but he's, he's very, very fast. Uh, he's probably our second fastest player. And uh, you've seen some talent. That, you know, he didn't do it a lot in college, but you've seen burst. You've seen it. You don't have to see a lot of clips to, to, to see talent. And uh, we noticed that, and, and the scouts did a good job, you know, evaluating this guy and bringing him in. And, we're glad we got him in the sixth round. Ken, isn't that the move to make? You put somebody like Trey Smith back there receiving punts and kickoffs. 
I just as well assume the same way that the Eagles used to use Deshaun Jackson, where if we really need him, let's let him return the punt. Let's keep Tyreek Hill as a featured wide receiver. Yeah, I'm I'm totally okay with trying to protect Tyreek Hill as much as you can. And I think Willie Davis actually mentioned when they draft Tremont Smith that his route to to action on the on the on the field is actually through special teams too whenever he was drafted. So um, I do anticipate Smith's going to get a long look uh, in the return role. And uh, he's he's showing some stuff on, on the defensive side as well. I'm it, pretty impressed with him so far. It's amazing to me that his speed is number two on the team in, in Tobe's eye because Sammy Watkins is pretty fast. So I would assume that Sammy Watkins would be the second fastest. But for Tobe to say that, that's pretty big. And him to compete with Tyree Kill, we've never seen anything like Tyree Kill. He actually addressed that today. Does he want to pass Tyreek Hill's speed? Of course. Well, yeah, of course. I want to be labeled as a cheetah also. <laughs> he also wants to be a cheetah. As do I. I would settle for a leopard or, or a puma or just a regular house cat, to be honest with you. I don't you. think there's a human that wouldn't prefer at least for one day to be a cheetah. I was at the zoo yesterday, by the way. The snow leopard, pretty sweet. Not quite the polar bear, but pretty sweet. That's Sweeney, Swanson, Sanchez. I'm the sports machine. Don't go anywhere, guys. Coming up next. We've got a big announcement, big announcement right here on Arrowhead Pride Radio, 610 Sports Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio rolling along your radio this Thursday evening with Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson spinning the wheels. Julio Sanchez, I am merely the sports machine, Sean Levine. Thank you to all those people that text in. Casey Wigman, guys, was that member of the offensive line that we were forgetting. We got all the rest of that great offensive line from the early 2000 Kansas City Chiefs. I do not necessarily, Pete, expect this line to look like that one. No, I I think especially given the injuries so far. Where's Willie Rofe when you need him is what I'm asking. Can they come out of retirement? I know a couple of them still live in Kansas City. Willie Rofe might be able to go out and play right tackle better than Andrew Wiley. Well, I'm not sure. Dang! Willie Rofe follows Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll slide into his DMs and see if he's ready to come back. Might as well give it a shot. They could use two or three guys to plug in to this offensive line. All right, can I get a drum roll? Because we've got a big announcement that I know they've been teasing all day long. We've been teasing it for the better part of the last 40 minutes. Oh, you've actually got a drum roll. How about that, Julio Sanchez? Pete, go ahead. Break the news. So we took over, you know, Kent and I and everyone else. We have a pretty big army now. We took over Arrowhead Pride um, two months ago. Joel kind of directed me, let's blow this thing up. And we joined 610 Sports. Machine, you entered the family. Julio entered the family. It's been a great partnership so far. We had Arrowhead Pride Radio through the summer. There were some summer Thursdays where we didn't know what to talk about. Uh, But we went on with the show. And it's been a success. I think a lot of fans have enjoyed it. And so what we're doing now, and we're very, very excited about this, is we're doubling down. So what does that mean? The Thursday show is going to go away. What? But in its place, what we're going to get on 610 Sports, before and after every game, the Arrowhead Pride tailgate pregame show. So if you read ArrowheadPride.com. And I do. You're used to Kent. You're used to Gary, Matt, the Nerd Squad, Matt, Craig Stout with the Beer of the Week. We just added Ali Trost, John Dixon. All of us are going to be combining our forces to give you the best Kansas City Chiefs pregame show before the game in the city. And then after the game as well, we'll provide the postgame show. We'll be looking to take your calls and involve... 
the Arrowhead Pride community as much as possible, get the fans involved. And to me, there's never been anything like this in the 12 years of Arrowhead Pride. Arrowhead Pride just turned 12. So right before our teenage years, we will be, and it's going to be my goal to make this, by the end of December, the number one pre- and post-game show for the Chiefs in Kansas City. Uh, and that will be my goal moving forward. I fully expect that to happen. Congratulations. I think it will be different than any other pre- and post-game show. As you mentioned, it's not just you or two guys or three guys. It's the entire army that is Arrowhead Pride Radio and this guy. That's right. We will be having another uh, co-host on the show that will be joining me and Sean Barber for away games. On on home games, it will be some sort of rotating chair. But this is my co-host. Works for KMBZ in Kansas City, Mr. Mike Wickett. How's it going, Mike? I feel like... like I'm finally sitting at the cool guy table. I've been in Kansas City for a while, but now I feel like I'm sliding up to the popular table. I am thrilled, Pete, to be joining the, the Arrowhead Pride Army. I can't wait. I know we got this sort of real football game to deal with tonight, but I can't wait for the actual NFL season, and I'm thrilled to be joining you guys. Mike, pay no attention to that thing they're calling football on TV tonight. Uh, we are very, very excited <laughs> to to be working with you. For those of you know, the audience who don't know you, can you just give them a little bit of a brief introduction into what you do in Kansas City and just a little bit of your sports background? Oh, absolutely. If you get too bored listening to show in Vern and you're looking for something, I'm on the same time, uh, along with my partner Jamie over on 98.1 KMBZ. And uh, before I came to Kansas City to work on KMBZ, I actually uh, I worked with Vern uh, for 10 years at two different radio stations, the Green Bay Packers up for a radio station in Milwaukee, doing some pregame, doing some postgame, covering the National Football League, covering the NFL draft. And before that, I was at a radio station in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, doing pregame and postgame for the University of Michigan. So, boys, I, I'm all about getting people ready for games. I'm all about getting hyped during the games. And then after the games, getting people on the air. And this is I mean, this is going to be something brand new for me here in Kansas City, but I can promise you I'm no spring chicken. I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be having a good time with you guys. Well, that's Mike Wickett. He is co-host of the Arrowhead Pride tailgate pregame show. It should be a fun year, Mike. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Pete, looking forward to it, and I know we're going to do fun stuff in the, the pregame. I know we're going to be taking tons of calls afterwards. Heck, we might even take some calls at halftime. I look forward to working with you, Pete, and everybody in Kansas City. Uh, hopefully get ready to watch Mahomes take that first step in this, this Chiefs team getting back to the postseason. Yeah, hopefully we can maybe get down to Atlanta for the Super Bowl. You know, I've got friends <laughs> in Atlanta. We can do that. I'm totally down for that. <laughs> All right, Mike, thanks. So if you guys head down to the Super Bowl for the record, I'm saying you're going to see either the Steelers or the Patriots. <laughs> I don't think the Chiefs are going to be in the game. What about but... the Cleveland Browns 0-16? No, 0 and 16. no, no. no. To the I, promised land. I was looking earlier, by the way. This is the most difficult season to pick over-unders for team totals in the history of sports. Cleveland, do you go over-under? The Chiefs, new quarterback. What about the Redskins? What about the Eagles? Every team seems to have either a new quarterback or a rookie quarterback. It's almost impossible. But you know what's not? Answering your questions. We'll take care of that when we wrap up Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610 Sports Radio. Guys, I'm feeling a little bit choked up. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. This is our final segment of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Uh, it's going to be okay. 
as well, a shed well, a tear. I know me and you will certainly work together. Sweeney the Machine? Sweeney and the Machine. Classic. Actually, I was going to see if you wanted to do the first segment of the next show with me. You know what? I'll stick around. You in? I'll stick around. My man. Then I'll kick you out of here. We also got Kent Swanson here with us, but who cares what we think? We want to know what you want to know. Pete, what are the people asking? That's right. It's time to read and answer your tweets. Here we go. Tim Short. Is Tano really looking as good as reports out of camp claim he is? I think the reports are a little bit heavy for him. Just I just want to see him in a game. I'll turn to Kent, who was here this weekend. So, yeah, I mean, you want to see him in a game, but uh, what I saw this weekend, I was pretty impressed. He looks a little bit more fluid. He looks like he might have reworked his body a little bit to be more of an edge player, a stand-up player. He looked more natural dropping in coverage. I'm a little encouraged. Think about all the draft picks that John Dorsey had and how long it took them or how not long it took them to get on the field. These guys had an impact right away. I think Passigno, when you talk about guys that were drafted in the last couple of years, has the best chance to make the biggest impact on this team. Ken has always said to know his body beautiful. Body beautiful. That's a that's an old scouting term, and we run it around a lot at Arrowhead Pride. AP commenter Jonathan Stell wants to know about the new NFL helmet tackle rule. Both Hunt and Ware are hard hitters at the point of contact. How will it affect both running backs? I don't think it's just going to affect both of these running backs in particular. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of flags this preseason because guys have to get used to it, and they won't be. This is a brand-new type of thing. You know, uh, I, I, I remember early on in the process, they were kind of discussing the rule, and they said there wouldn't have been that many penalties based on the new uh translation of the rule so i'm not as concerned about it until we actually see what's going on i don't mean to sound insensitive but until they change that damn rule where you fumble through the end zone and the other team gets the football they call it a touchback i'm not worried about the new hitting the head rule tarquin wants to know that did we... sound insensitive didn't it <laughs> a little bit a little, little bit. bit a little bit tarquin wants to know are we sure conley is the wide receiver three over robinson I'm going to say no. I mean, we went in about how how Demarcus Robinson is a dark horse. I'd say he's he's up for the position. I uh, Chris Conley's my favorite to get wide receiver three. Um, they were one of the periods that they had uh, on Sunday. Conley was heavily targeted. Him and Kelsey were both getting a lot of looks, um, and I, I think both are going to get a lot of production. Uh, I think Conley will probably ultimately win it. Hold on. A lot of production. So we're talking Relative. Robinson and or Conley. Put a number next to it. Receptions, if things go perfect, more than 30? Let's, let's say they both average over 11 yards per catch, okay. and they combine for 578 yards. I'm down with that. If, 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 if Tyreek Hill incrementally improves the way that he did between year one and year two, and Sammy Watkins did what he did last year, which didn't blow the world away, 65 receptions, but you talk about nine touchdowns, then I think whoever that number three or four wide receiver is is going to benefit hugely. Casey Robins wants to know, has Sorensen been a feature next to Barry in base sets? I think you're looking at Sorensen as your guy next to Barry. Andy Reid was asked about that today and says, you know, there's no really, not really a, a free safety and a strong safety anymore. There's just safeties, and these are your two guys. They're moving Sorensen away from that special teams role, and really, he's going to be the main guy. I think it's safety next to Barry this year. Yeah, I think that's about locked in. Uh, I think Eric Murray, he hopefully he can kind of produce as that third safety. Still a huge concern when it comes to the secondary for me, but I feel a little bit more confident after hearing our guy Ken Swanson earlier today talking about all these names, including Amerson, that have been showing out so far in St. Joe. Keith wants to know who is your prediction to be fourth on the team in touches and how many do they have so let's name the top three obviously i'm gonna go kareem hunt one i will go travis kelsey two i'll go tyree kill three so i guess i guess sammy watkins is four i think it's the lizard king as well sammy watkins 
unanimous on Watkins. JC, speaking of Watkins, wants to know how is the chemistry between Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes? I would say he has more chemistry right now with a guy like Tyreek Hill and Demarcus Robinson. It's coming along with, with Watkins, and there have been a few deep balls, but it's not been something where I make note of it. Like, I'm there every day. I haven't noted Watkins and Mahomes look especially good today, I don't think, yet. You know who Sammy Watkins is, if you're a Hoops fan? He's Draymond Green. Like, he's a hooper. He's a baller. He's a really good player, but you don't really necessarily need to give him touches. I think Sammy Watkins is going to benefit from having more talent around him than he's ever played with, but not necessarily going to be option one, two, or three. And I think that's that's completely fine with, with how the offense is going to be structured. He is going to make an impact whether or not he's touching the ball or not, because you have to honor him on the backside of those formations. He can win a one-on-one matchup over there he's gonna get his yards he's gonna get his opportunities but him tilting the field and keeping the defense from tilting the field is a huge asset that's a costly fourth option though Pete. what they pay him 14 million a year that's yeah. a lot of money for a that's fourth a option on the offensive side of the ball we'll see how it goes down it's n- nothing is a bad investment if you win the super bowl or get to the playoffs oh, title game. josh always has good questions probably our last one for the evening best backup quarterbacks in the afc west broncos with paxton lynch and chad kelly Chargers with Geno Smith and Cardell Jones. Chiefs with Chad Henney, Matt McGloin, and Chase Litton. Raiders with Connor Cook and EJ Manuel. Talk about a sad bunch. I mean, backup quarterbacks, there's a reason that they're backups. These are a bunch of dudes that were pretty good in college. That has to be the worst division of backups in the entire league. It's a tie. They're all the worst. Where the hell is Tyler Thigpen when you need him? It's got to be Geno Smith, I think, with the Chargers. Probably your best backup, which is pretty sad. Hey, speaking of backups... Don't sleep on Chase Litton. I think he might have the second best arm in Chiefs camp, but you didn't hear it from me. Uh-oh. He said it. He's Pete Sweeney. That's Kent Swanson. Julio Sean Sanchez spinning the wheels. I'm just the sports machine, Sean Levine. That's it for Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610 Sports Radio.